This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, it sounds perfectly normal to you right now. But if you're on our YouTube channel, you're noticing something completely different. You can actually see our faces. And me and Brandon are on the same side of the table now because we record on the opposite side for a regular podcast. This is the first ever video podcast for the PTP. It is. And uh, it's inaugural. It will be. Um, Jeez, what the fuck is the date today? Today is the 29th. 29th. Computer for All that right. one. May 29th. How about that, folks? First time we're doing it, and obviously I'm doing better than Sean Anderson would ever do because, you know, he's just. <laughs> well, me and Sean have done a couple of them. Fast break and onside kick. The primetime podcast is not the last, but we're the latest to the party behind the pen still. But you know what they say about one. the people who are latest to the party? Those are the ones that get laid. Yeah, you got to That's the most important part of a party, right? That's but the only reason one would go. One of the main reasons why we chose to do a video podcast for this week is because usually I tell you we have a jam-packed show, and that's still true today, except the main difference is we're only talking one topic today. And I mean, for if you're on SoundCloud, fine, it's the same one shot. But if you're on YouTube, this is the only video for the week, and it may seem a little long. That's because this whole podcast is going to be about Baylor and what transcribed Thursday and Friday transpired. at the end of the week transpired. Thank you. At the end of that week, which virtually ended the coaching career at Baylor for Art Bryles. And Brandon, we're, this is going to be... A, for me, it's going to be a really serious podcast, probably the most serious podcast we've had in a while because of the subject matter. But when it comes to Baylor, when it came to this, when you heard that Art Bryles was being fired, what was your first reaction to this story? My, my first reaction to the story was uh, one of, I was surprised. I was absolutely surprised um, because at first I'm thinking, He's getting fired. What's what's going on? I mean, the program mm-hmm. wasn't that bad. Like they didn't they didn't do that poorly. You know, they could have done better. They had some injuries, all this stuff, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. But then when you kind of step back and think about it for a little bit, and you go on, you kind of look at all the stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, because of this sexual assault and this sexual assault. And everything that just transpires. And this sexual assault. And none of those players are reprimanded. Mm -hmm. None of those players suspended. Nothing going on with those players. Nothing in the sense of them being dismissed from the team. Nothing anywhere near that. And that has you going, okay, that makes sense. This is another... To a recent sports, not football, but a recent mm-hmm. sport, Louisville. We talked about it, what, not even a few months ago? Absolutely. Yet, Patino is still there, and Bryles is now gone from Baylor. So, this is something, folks, that it, it's not just one sport. Unfortunately, it's multiple sports, 
And right now it's coming out in football. Here's the main thing before I get into the kind of meat and potatoes of what I wanted to bring up. Just first off, wanted to let you have the opening statement. So one thing that I feel like is the only difference in the Patino to Art Bryles part of this is that Patino in his situation, even though you can still place the blame on him, and I'm not saying you can't, but he has a fall guy. He had the assistant coach and could say, it's all his fault. It's not my fault. And then you're sitting there going, well, okay, he can kind of, like, he can use that as a defense. For Art Bryles, there's no defense here. For a guy who's a big enough control freak, as Art Bryles is for a football program, to not know what was going on, and let's be honest, when I say to not know, to do this is bad. Because let's be honest, he knew, everybody knew what was going on. And the one thing, when I heard about this news, it was at the end of, usually at work, I sit at my desk, and in the morning, 8.30, when I come in to 11, while I do my work, I'm listening to Dan Patrick. Well, right at the end of his show, as he was signing off, he mentioned it, and they talked about it a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, I'm switching over to the herd, because that's what I do at 11. And then I was able to get all the facts about it, because... Everything was coming in on his show, and this whole thing, this Art Bryles firing, is bigger than football. This is bigger than the game of football. It's an important issue that needs to have. Like, this is an issue that, I mean, you experience on college campus, sadly, whether you're football or not. And the big reason, and we're going to get into this a little later, I feel, is the power that some football coaches have in small towns. Because the one thing, and I am quoting Colin Cowherd on this, great point he brought up. Me and you, although they were suburbs, we are close to a big city in Chicago. So it's kind of like something happens here, everybody's eyes are on it. There's a lot of police, there's a lot of cameras, the newspapers aren't going to be afraid of a guy like Tim Beckman or a guy like Pat Fitzgerald, the big football coach, because they're a Chicago media source. Ohio State, that tattoo stuff came out. Columbus newspapers were not afraid of the the big bad football coach. Reggie Bush, fucking L.A. media was never going to be afraid of Pete Carroll. Miami, Coral Gables. You got their whole situation that now is a 30 for 30. Miami media wasn't afraid. Little town, Waco, Texas. Football coach is king. We got it. That football team needs to look good, needs to be good, because that's all we've got is football, football, football. Well, you know, number one off of that, that's 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 poor. It's poor journalism. It's poor reporting. Um it, that's that's not what you're supposed to do. It, it doesn't matter. No one no one is too big. Um, no one is too powerful. Well, and I'm not, you, re, you report. You report. You well, are saying. You are saying. You, I'm not saying listen, it's listen, the listen. media's fault. No, though. but but who's out there? Who's out there questioning? Nobody. That's the problem. The one the one thing I do want to say is it was on the Thursday show for Colin. I can't remember the guest. I'm going to put that interview down. 
in the description. It was someone from Fox Sports, I believe. He made the con- like the quote that when you get to like when you're trying to find out information on this Baylor situation, it was the reporters and the media that was doing more of the due diligence than the police officers in Waco. And that's for me, it was that. It's not like the media had no fault in it. I'm just saying like the media is not going to be afraid to go after the football coach and like Columbus, L.A., Miami, and Coral Gables. But Waco, Texas, it's a lot. You know, nobody saw it. Nothing happened here. Eyes closed. Business as usual. That's what it's like in a small town. But see, that's that's the problem is it shouldn't be like that. And um, I, I think I think we've seen it before is that there, there's there's going to be police officers. You know, that's that mm-hmm. they're into that. They love football. They love their football. Mm-hmm. And in a place like Texas, that is a football state that is going to have football towns in it. We have seen it before. We know that's what it's like. And they have their passion, their dedication to football and to the football programs. So I can see police officers absolutely having a loyalty there and not doing anything or not doing, let's say, enough of what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But the media, it falls on the media. You know, uh, this, isn't, this, is not, this is not sports, but um, Spotlight. The movie Spotlight. I don't know mm-hmm. if you if you ever saw it. That's the one that it won a ton of yeah, Academy yeah. Awards, right? It won, it won a ton yeah. won a ton of awards. It's got Mark it, Ruffalo in it. Yes, okay. yes, it does, and it's about the the priest scandal. Mm-hmm. People knew that this was going on. The media needed to break the story. The media had a story. It was were they going to cover it up or were they going to go after it, take it on full steam ahead, and talk about it? Sometimes. The media has to be has to do some of the policing. It sounds mm-hmm. bad, but that's what it's come to. Because if the media goes after it and they start to put a spotlight on it, then guess what? That it's going to come out. Have to look at. And it. I mean, the one thing that you can think about is the whole main reason. Because this isn't just a this just happened a few months ago, and now we're getting it. This has apparently been going on for two years in access and really the main thing that brought everything out is the outside the lines report on this that's what kind of brought the spotlight to it and why we're at the situation we are right now and with this whole situation i know we haven't gotten to this question so i'm just going to throw out the answer right now it was the 100 percent, and i don't know anybody who is going to disagree with this the 100% correct decision to fire Art Bryles if you're Baylor. Because this is a situation where you are the head football coach. You can't pull this, I didn't see anything, I don't know anything. You are not safe. There were reports I were reading before the fire actually happened that, oh, he may be safe. Well, it may be the president that takes the fall. It may be the chancellor that becomes the fall guy. No. Everybody need like if if it was me, Art Bryles is not the only one that needs to go. The president needs to go. The chancellor needs to go. Bryles needs to go and did go. And if you're on that staff, goodbye. You don't have jobs anymore. Because to me, if I'm running this institution, that is having the moral high ground for being a 
a university founded on faith, which I'm going to bring up the mission statement in a second because I just find it a little ironic and absolutely just absolutely angering to me that this went on at Baylor because it shouldn't have. Should have been nipped in the bud way earlier than than this. Uh, you know, my question is, why wasn't it? Why wasn't it? What was what was so hard about saying it was football? You, That's why it was football, and but, but, that but makes none me of, but angry. None of those players, none of the players that there was a sexual assault assault charge against was a fucking game changer for you. Not in my opinion. Wasn't the quarterback? Wasn't your star wide receiver? It was some schmucks. It was some schmucks. If this is what they're doing. They don't need to be on the team. What was so hard about coming out and saying, you're gone. We're dismissing you. We've had teams do that in the past where they've been dismissed for probably far less. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with them dismissing these players for this and saying, this is what happened? Being fully transparent and candid with people. You know, you don't have to give this full story to everybody, but with the people who needed to know, what was the problem? What was wrong with that? What was the big deal? Like I said, it's not trying it's not like you're trying to protect your quarterback. Without him, you can't make it. You know, it wasn't that. It wasn't a Jameis Winston no, situation. No. That, and I wanted to throw this out. Two I mentioned all those cases of the big towns, LA, Miami, Columbus, where we found out about this stuff. Tallahassee, small town. Didn't f- cover that up. Jameis Winston's fine. He's got to play. The second one? Penn State. How long did it take before that all snowballed and then eventually Penn State got hit with almost a death penalty? Um, That was probably, what, 10 plus years? Mm -hmm. That was a huge cover-up job. And that's what you get in these small towns is you get the cover-up. And for me, Art Bryles, the reason why he got fired and Jameis Winston is off scot-free, Jameis Winston has a loophole as a player. He can go to the NFL. Goes to the NFL, NCAA can't touch him. Baylor, Florida State can't touch him. No longer a college athlete. Can, can Art I, Bryles couldn't go anywhere. But let me let me let me say this though. If you're doing if if you're accused of sexual assault. Oh, I hate and, Jameis and, Winston. And I will say, never like say, him. And let's say you act you actually did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you actually did it. We've mm-hmm. seen it before. Someone's accused of sexual assault. You didn't do it. Duke lacrosse. Okay, um, it's a whole great but, thirty for but, thirty but, on that, be- and it's a beautiful thirty for thirty that ESPN did extremely well. But how about this? The NCAA can't get you. The law can. You know, and that's the another- law can. That 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 doesn't that doesn't leave. And- oh, you went to the NFL. You murdered someone. That's okay. And that's another thing thing. that I'm glad you brought up because even Colin Cowherd said it at the beginning of his show on Thursday. He goes, he names the charge. He goes, that's just not NCAA sanctions. That's against federal law. They They can have now federal charges against them because they broke, and this is Baylor, I'm saying, broke federal law. Yeah. So yeah. this is a huge deal, and like I said earlier, I wanted to read this mission statement just in case in case you were like me and didn't know what the mission statement was until I actually looked at it. I'll read a snippet of it. 
Baylor is founded on the belief that God's nature is made known through both revealed and discovered truths. Thus, the university derives an understanding of God, humanity, and nature from many sources. The personal works of Jesus Christ, blah, 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 blah. And then you go into the religious liberties and community to support missions. And it's all about, and you go further into it, it's all about being a better person, giving back to the community, using your faith to be a positive member to society. And I was reading all this and I went, that's a fucking joke. Your mission statement is now a fucking joke. Well, let me just be honest with you. Um, and this is this is after, you know, a, a, a year of of work, you know, outside of college. Mm-hmm. Most of these mission statements are a fucking joke. They're not followed. They're yeah. not being followed by the people who work at these institutions. It just it just doesn't happen. I mean, if you think that you go you're going to go to some place mm-hmm. and everyone's going to be living that by that mission statement, well, you might as well just not go anywhere because you're not going to find that. I'm going to throw... You're going to find a lot you but but here. Go ahead. You, you you're going to find a lot of people who live by that mission statement, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, especially sometimes when you're <laughs> When you're talking about big NCAA, big school athletics and stuff like that. All about winning. We have to win. Mm -hmm. We have to win. We have to be the best. We will do whatever it takes to be the best. Bring that cheddar in. Whatever gets that cheddar through the door. But the real problem, I I think at the end of the day, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later, Mm -hmm. is if there is sexual assault, forget the athlete, think about the victim. And that's huge, and I'm sure we'll get to that. And that's exactly what I was just going to bring up. We can go into that, because I was going to bring up, if I'm a parent right now, and I have a senior in college, or or not in college, in high school, or a junior in high school, and Baylor was one of their choices, usually with me, I am not a parent, so I don't have to deal with that, but... With me as a parent, if I was, I'd kind of let my kid make their own choice what college they want to go to because it's their education. I would guide them the best of my ability, but ultimately I'd let them it be their decision because they're going to be going to school. But if I was a parent and Baylor was one of my kid's choices, I don't give a shit what you want. You're not going to Baylor. I am not helping you pay to go to Baylor after this. And if I was... If I was somebody, if I was an alum of Baylor and they were getting some of my money, cut the cord right there. You don't get none of my money. Not getting any donations until this is fixed. Because this isn't this isn't just a stain on the university. It's a stain on good people. There are good people that go to all different universities. It's a stain on those good people. It's a stain on anybody coming into the door at Baylor. It's a stain on a lot of things, not just the university in Waco, Texas. Well, we already saw that a, what was it, a number nine recruit tight end Mm -hmm. from Baylor, he decommits. Good. He should. They should all decommit. I don't know if I'm right there with you on that one. I don't know if I'm right there with you on that one because at the core— you can't you can't look at this and say this is the core of every everything at Baylor. This is 
something that went wrong amongst a few. This isn't the core. I, I think if you really go down to the core people at Baylor, they're not going to say, yeah, we'd let this go. No biggie. It's fine. Can I throw they're out, not going to do that. Can I throw out a term and just let you take it and run with it? Lack of institutional control. And see, it's what this is, lack of institutional control. And see, that's the problem, is that I think that more often than not, you actually will see a lack of institutional control. I think, again, you see it. I, I, I'm going to go back to it. I think you see it at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Lack of institutional control. No, I, I agree what are with you, you there. Why are there not? And, and again, Patino, we talked about it. We mm-hmm. we talked about it before plenty of times on this podcast mm-hmm. during basketball season. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got a fall guy. Lucky you. But, but still it's your still fault. your job he to an, know He is a grad assistant team. under your tutelage, under your system. How you don't know about this? Come on. Come on. And that's where Art Bryles to me. Maybe it's because of my side of being a teacher in my life and... Having that kind of side to it, I feel like Art Browns, what he needed to do early on to not even help save his job, but to just nip this in the bud, is he needed to, when players came in, he needed to give them a, this is how you're supposed to act. And I'm not in the locker room. Maybe they did do that. However, they're college kids. You can tell a college kid something once. Right out the window. Well, let me because tell you. Because they're thinking about something else. And then it, you just have to reinforce this is what it means to be a not just a Baylor student, but a Baylor football player. And you had to put those rules in the ground. This is what it means to play for Baylor and just keep just nailing at it so it becomes second nature. Well, that's that's why, you know, I, I say how the, the tight end decommits. You're like, good. Baylor's going to need good players to build itself back up again. Baylor's going to need good people who are going to go for the mission, who are going to be there, who are going to you know be good upstanding citizens. And I'm not saying that this, you know, this this person is perfect, but I'm mm-hmm. saying why would you not want more people to go there and show, you know what? We're good people. Because, Baylor is a good okay. school. Okay. Well, but, 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 but that doesn't make sense for you to say no. That doesn't make well, sense for you in. to I'm say coming no. In. I'm coming in with what the retort to that. If I was a recruit and I committed to Baylor, I'm decommitting. The reason why I am decommitting, I think all of them should decommit. Are you ever going to get everyone to? Of course not. But most of them should. Reasons being, number one, the chancellor. Still going to stay on at the school, still going to be there. The president, oh, he's not going to be president anymore. Great. However, he's still going to be at the school. He's still going to be able to teach law at the school, something that he extorted or was a part of extorting. And then the third thing, the third thing, and I know that some of you in the comment section might say, but Ricky, this is going to be the easiest thing, and he's probably not going to be the head coach past this season. If you really wanted to tell me, send me a message that you want to take that step forward and get past this. You don't fucking make Phil Bennett, the defensive coordinator, your interim head coach. And I'm not saying that as a, oh, Phil Bennett's a bad guy. I'm saying that as a, if you're going to tell me I am firing Art Bryles because he had a part in this, that whole staff should be gone. Because... 
everybody is at fault on that staff because they were a part of it. That is why I would decommit because the chancellor situation, the president situation, and the interim head coach, those actions are telling me, hey, Art Browse is the fall guy. He's the fall guy. That's what it is. Our Art our, our Bryles, um, you know, he's he's the one who's supposed to know everything, and he's the one supposed to know everything going on with his program. He's the one who's supposed to take responsibility for his program. Um, but I think that sometimes you look at some of the other coaches around him. Who's to say? Who's to say that these coaches are in their weekly meetings? Mm-hmm. I know they've got them, and that Phil and, Bennett didn't say. And something. Phil Bennett didn't say Art. You've got to do something about this. And Art said, Phil, it's my team. I'll do what I want. Or something along those lines. Who's to say that something like that didn't happen? Because let me tell you, all the coaches all the time, I'm not talking just for Baylor, I'm ta- opening it up to everything. Mm-hmm. You think they all get along all the time? No. No way in hell. No way in hell. And do you think that possibly... It's a complete speculation that one of these guys, whether it be Phil Bennett, whether it be somebody else on that staff, didn't say, Art, this is going to be a problem for us. We have got to do something about this. We can try and keep it quiet for as long as we can. But guess what? One day it's going to come out and one day that's going to be on you. And who's to say the Art didn't go, well, then so-and-so, it's on me. Mm -hmm. And then just said, go back to doing your job. You're here. To be the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. in this, in the sense of Phil Bennett, you're here to be the defensive coordinator, not to tell me how to do my job. Here's another thing that was brought up. I can't. I wish I was better with remembering these names that I heard uh, last week. But there was a segment from the Dan Patrick Show, and I'm going to put that link again, that one too, down below in the description, in case you want to listen to it, where he had on over the phone a guest who, um, like I said, can't remember the name. But he was like a retired uh, sports journalist, newspaper journalist for over 50 years in the just Texas landscape of things, was a Sam Houston alum. And the one thing that this journalist brought up about Art Bryles was that like outside of football, everyone thought, oh, Art's a great guy. He's the best guy. He's so nice. He's great. But then he goes into football and this kind of slimy reputation gets slid in. I guess Art Browse used to coach high school in the 90s. Slime ball reputation. Recruiting violations. How did all these great players get to your high school? How did all this happen? How did you become so good? Then he goes to Baylor. Baylor sucks for two years. Then Boom, they're on the map. Baylor's finally beaten teams like Oklahoma and Texas that were laughing at him for so long. That slime ball reputation follows him in. So that's one of the things that during that interview, I just kind of found, huh, that's interesting. Because everything else I've heard about Art Bryles is how he's a great guy. I mean, oh, he'd go to bat for you, this and that. And that's another thing. Another part of this I wanted to bring up is do you think in this situation – there was a part where Art Bryles was going to, hey, you know what? So-and-so, you said you didn't do it. Let's say the kid said he didn't do it. I've got your back. 
I have your back because I'm your head coach. Do you think something like that may have went on? Absolutely. I mean, I think that I think there's a lot of coaches who their their players said they didn't do it. Those coaches, they want to stand up for their kids. Because of course, if you're because a kid, you know what, even the, if you did it, you're going to say no. But at the same time, though, how many times have we seen athletes? Again, they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. They did not do it. And they're being falsely accused, or somebody, or somebody did it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't them. I, I mean, it's not. It's not even going back to Duke Lacrosse. Well, that's I mean, the big that's, one. That's that you the think big of. one that yeah. you think of. That's the big one that people will be able to go. Okay, yes, Duke like, Lacrosse. That's the frame that's of huge. reference I could say that, and most of you watching or listening are going to go, okay, I know what you're talking about. And again, you know, some people would say, but those, but those Duke Lacrosse players, those rich. You know, they've got whatever they want, can get whatever they want whenever they want it, blah, 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 this and that. And you know what? Okay. Maybe they do. And I, I'm not saying that they do or they don't. But maybe they maybe they are like that. Maybe mm-hmm. this person is a snob. Maybe this person is a piece of, of, of crap that doesn't it's necessarily okay. mean. You can say shit on the It podcast. doesn't necessarily mean. My parents watch this. Right, Sean? <laughs> um, but... Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they did this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can be an ass and not do that. And I think that coaches all the time, they they want to believe their players, if accused of something like this, didn't do it. And I think every time you're right, every player, every athlete is going to come to their coach well, and say, it's one of those Coach, things. I didn't do it. It's one of those things. If you are a twenty-some-year-old kid, nineteen, some some cases nineteen. If we're on the younger end of things, of course you're gonna say, "Holy shit, this is what I could be going up against." I'm gonna say I didn't do it. Maybe that'll work. It's kind of when you get your hand caught in the cookie jar. I, I, I wasn't in there. I, 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 Which I, you, I you never got it. your hand caught, right? You no, are. Ricky always had my, a system. He got the no, cookie. No, no. See, my fingers and my wrist are so fat, it got stuck in the cookie jar, and then I had it on my hand because you get it, I'm so fat. But uh, no, I mean, the whole thing, too, and this is another just the philosophical part of it, getting away from the football. Like, when I was listening to Cowherd talk about this, he brought up the put yourself into the shoes of, like you said, the victims. What if that was your daughter? What if that was your sister? What if that was your cousin? Then how would you feel? Would you still feel that football's the most important thing? Because we come on this podcast and we talk week after week. Now, because basketball's over and most of the year, we talk about football, the games that are being played, what teams are going to be good. And now we've got something that I said it earlier. It's the title of this podcast. This situation, this firing, this whole thing transcends football. It is bigger than football. It is not about football whatsoever. It is about people. That is what we're talking about here. We are talking about people. Well, I I think that, you know, at the end of the day, and you look at things, athletics is a spot where a lot of people – go to try and get away. They want to watch uh, they want to watch sports because they want to get away from the 
craziness of what is mm -hmm. real life. They want to be able to go somewhere and go into a setting where it's it's fun, it's entertaining, it's it's a TV drama, it's competitive. It's a TV drama. But unfortunately, you know, it's probably been uh, probably even longer than this. But you know, ten, fifteen years now, especially of in the last probably five. People aren't getting away from it because all of that, what used to be your great escape, is now the same as your everyday mm -hmm. drama because sports, without even the drama of who's going to win this series, who's going to win this game on Saturday, it becomes, this has come out. So and so took this drug. So and so took this drug. This has come out against this player in an assault charge. All this stuff. It has seeped into sports just like real life, unfortunately, sometimes seeps into everything. And it it's just it's just not like it's just not like I think what it mm -hmm. used to be for so long for so many people. And like I said, sports being the the escape from everything. It's it's not anymore. It's not anymore. So I, I I think you have to look at it and you have to go. You have to look at the people. You have to look at the people. And you have to remember that at the end of the day, this awesome player that you want to have your team, your NFL team draft, could be just like your son who's dealing with this issue or that issue or that. Or, you know, could even be like your could even be like your daughter if we're talking, you know, mm -hmm. female sports as well. You don't people don't think it. They don't think it because they put it as two separate things. It's not anymore. It's not two separate things. It's the same things. Those athletes that you see throwing four touchdown passes a game, three hundred yards, someone's dealing, kid dealing with the same shit, smoking weed, mm -hmm. doing drugs doing this, have a drinking problem, all this stuff. Johnny Manziel. You know, I, it's just, that's life. Life is there. Beyond what you see on Saturday, life is still there. And people are still dealing with their struggles and all of this. But that's what people don't remember. They look at these people as, I, I think sometimes almost... Certain people look at them as, as pawns. Oh, I need this person to make me look good in my program, and then off with them. You're talking not about every, some head coaches? Maybe? Some head coaches, okay. not all. Not all. Many head co coaches are there to help their players be better. Most, I would say, most are there to do that. But some, I would say, eh, they're going to help me get, a, well, get ahead in my career to go to the next big school. And before... I asked the last question, the last thing we're going to transfer into, because it's the one thing we haven't talked about yet. I'm going to make the comparison. We compared this to Louisville. What about Illinois? We talked about winning, how important it is to when you're a head football coach, win, win, win. Look at what went on at Illinois. I know it has nothing to do with Louisville or with the sexual assault part of Baylor and um, Louisville in a case where theirs was mostly prostitution. But look at the stress that was on Tim Beckman to win. 
And for him, Illinois was a shit program when he took over. And he made it even shittier. And then he had to dig himself out of that hole, which was Illinois football and the pressure. And then we're talking about him and Simon having the whole big discussion of just abuse on players at this point. That's I just wanted to throw that comparison because that just popped into my head. Obviously, I, I, I'm an Illinois fan. I think that's I think that's interesting because again, it goes to your. It should. It, the, it goes. The focus should be on making the students the best men. Well, for this case, because it's football, the best men person that they can be. However, that's going to get pushed to the side because at the end, it's all about the W. And exactly, it it just goes to show. Okay, you 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 had a concussion last week. You need to go through the protocol. I'll put you through the pro, pro, protocol. Can you see these fingers? Good. You're good to go for Saturday. That part, I think we're we're trying. We're getting away from that more than the, like this cover up. But I'm gonna transfer into the last thing. And Brandon, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Does Baylor deserve the death penalty? If not, what penalty do they deserve? The death penalty is tough. The death penalty like is a, tough. Like a Penn State, Penn State type of a penalty, an SMU type of death penalty. Because the one thing that was brought up in one of the interviews I'm putting down below is Dan Patrick brought up the SMU death penalty. And the guy goes, yeah, but you got to think. That was all just exchanging money, and most of that money went to the players. This is a lot worse of a situation than just exchanging money. I don't. I don't think that Baylor deserves the death penalty, but I could definitely see. You're you're not he. No matter how good you are, you are not allowed in the playoffs the next two years. I'd say even more. I I mean I would say, I'd say three at least. I I would say I would say the next two and do it do it now. you know but whatever your ruling is do it now before anyone transfers to you before anyone mm-hmm. else could come to you give those people time no, to no, the if hammer, they're going to decommit decommit the hammer but they from need the NCAA to, needs to come down. But what I'm saying is is that at the end of the day too you have to look at the you have to look at the rest of the players. Mm-hmm. You always, I think you always have to look at the rest of the players, and you're not gonna. You're obviously not everyone's gonna go. Oh, okay. Well, we're not gonna get this, so we're gonna go somewhere else. Some will, many won't. But you're taking away wonderful opportunities, possibly from players that had nothing to do with anything that went on. That's why I had such a hard time with Louisville's because. You had players on there and players who had tra- just transferred in to try and win a mm-hmm. national championship. Mm-hmm. And you can't even go to the tournament. Here's the thing. And here's another difference between this and Louisville. How long ago did the Louisville thing happen? It was a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. In basketball, you can play one year and you're gone. So most of the players that were on that team, not there anymore. We're not talking about those players anymore. These guys for Baylor, these players still on the team. And what I think penalty-wise is death penalty, like Penn State type of penalty. 
Probably not, but if they did, I wouldn't say that they're being too harsh. You wouldn't say that. I think you, you wouldn't say that. No, 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 no. I don't want you to say anything else. You wouldn't say that. You said they I gave him the death say, penalty. No, you no, wouldn't not, mind it. You wouldn't mind it. If it's the same, oh, similar penalty that they gave Penn State, I'd be like, okay, I don't know if I would have went there, but I wouldn't be against it. And the reason why is the most important thing, whatever the NCAA does, like really my punishment would be significant bowl bans, which would include playoff, a significant though, and then significant scholarships being taken away, enough to make a dent. Not like, oh, you lose five here, five here, five there. No, you got to make it make it hurt a little bit because, and this may, I may be on the outside looking in with this argument, but this is a perfect opportunity for the NCAA to say enough is enough. We're going to make an example, and I'm not saying death penalty, but we're going to make an example out of this so that it never happens again. It's like when you're in school and a kid does something and the principal or the teacher or whoever's given the punishment says, I want to nip this in the bud so no one else does it again, and boom, that kid gets a harsh penalty. That's what needs to happen. The penalty needs to be harsh enough to where other programs, especially these programs in these small towns that think they can just cover it up and push it under the rug, that that ain't going to happen. Because if it happens, you're going to get this. The biggest disappointment I have, it falls on the president of the university. Should be gone. You know where else it falls? Board of trustee members who didn't ask any questions, didn't wonder anything. And we're not talking board of trustees at some podunk bullshit university. Mm-hmm. We're talking board of, stru- board of trustee members at Baylor University who should be in tune, who have multiple contacts, I'm sure, at the school. They probably have to know something about it as well. They did nothing. You're just, you're, have as much fault if you knew mm-hmm. as some of the other people. And I find it hard to believe that you don't know. President should be gone though from Baylor University. President gone. should be gone. Should the chancellor be gone? Should they we get should rid of him all too? be gone. Everyone at the top should be gone because you know they knew. You know they knew details. You know they knew the extent on all of it. Gone, gone, gone. And rebuild, rebuild from there. I ask it at the end of every podcast: Is there anything we missed? Anything we missed? I know this is the only thing we talked about. Is there anything we missed on the Art Browles firing and this whole Baylor situation? Uh, you know, I just want to say, though, to uh, kind of to, to, to end things, is that really my, 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 I, I think my thoughts go out for the victims with this one because it's so much bigger than people think. No one ever talks about the, the the girl that was involved. Of course, she probably doesn't want to be talked about, and that's okay. 
embarrassed, don't want to be in the limelight, don't want to have any of that that stain on yourself personally. But those are the people that are left behind. Those are the people that need to understand, though, that they have support out there for them. People aren't in support of, some are, but most people are not in support of these players. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah, you, you got this girl, good. No, no, most people are not saying that. So I, I, I think it's just kind of a, a call to action that if you ever, if anyone ever sees or knows that something like this is happening or has happened to someone, whether you know them or not, Speak up, because this happens more often than not. It just happened to come out at Baylor. Do you think this happens at every university, everywhere, big or small? Unfortunately, yes. But you can be the one to stop it. We can be the ones to Mm -hmm. stop it. We just have to speak up. We have to be the ones to say, hey, dude, that's not cool. You can't do that. And two, support the girls who are affected by it. Because there's too many out there that feel they don't have that support. They do. That's what I would say. Before I wrap everything up, I just want to respond to that a little bit. Two things that popped in my mind. One, there was a, I can't remember where I heard it. It was somewhere when I was watching sports television. But one of the victim's fathers said, like when Art was fired and he was asked about it, he said, it kind of felt like it was like good because this, like, he can't be getting away with this, can he? And that's kind of the relief that they felt. And two, this one came from oh, Christine Leahy was not on the show for Cowherd on Thursday. He had someone else filling in for her, but her as a woman even said. She said, when you look at victims, what's the first thing people, like, first thing that most people say, oh, she's probably lying. Oh, this is probably a lie. It didn't happen that way. And we kind of kind of chip away at the victim from the start instead of listening to their side, listening to the other side, and then coming to a decision. But this was actually a very, like, this was probably the most serious primetime podcast we have had. Like, do you remember one that's been more serious than this conversation? I felt like this conversation was the most serious one we've ever had. I don't know. I think the other the other serious one was was probably the, 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 the section on Louisville. Uh, but but you things conversations like this need to be serious mm-hmm. because really at the end of the day, you do have to push aside football. You do. And you have to look at the bigger things that are happening. How many times? Again, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, people who are watching this are like, Brandon, we watch this for sports. We're going to watch this now for a life lesson. How many times does this happen outside of football, outside mm-hmm. of basketball, outside of sports in general? So often. How many times are there horrible, horrible abusive relationships? Multiple times. How many times is there sexual harassment throughout America, throughout, you know, schools and stuff like that? All the time. It's horrible. It's horribly wrong. It's not okay. Athletics, sports, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be competitive. 
But they're people. They're human. They do bad things sometimes. Even the ones that you watch on Saturday, man, he's good. Man, she's good. They're not angels. But they're not Mm -hmm. supposed to be. You know? Not in the sense of, oh, that's okay to do that. They're human too. But at the same time, the victim is a victim. Not just some, oh, well, she got in the way of him being successful. No. No. And this is, the conversation's not going to end here. This is what I want you guys to do. If you're watching, you got to this point, go down below into the comment section. Let us know what you think the penalty should be, what you think of Bennett being the head coach, what do you think of Art Browse being fired, what do you think of just the whole situation, what do you think? Pick something that we talked about. Let us know down below. The conversation's not going to stop here because this is a conversation that I would love to continue having down in the comment section. This has been a great podcast to bring to you guys, another edition of the Primetime Podcast. If you loved listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, please take the time to look at our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast, just a way for those of you who would like to give us a little bit extra support to make sure that we can do more video podcasts like this and have just maybe a better setup or just to help make minor improvements. Every little bit helps, and that's what we're kind of throwing out to you guys for those of you who would like to help. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon's at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. You can hit us up on Twitter to kind of spark some conversations. I'm always responding to subscribers and followers on Twitter as they tweet to me. But most importantly, thank you for either watching this video podcast. We're going to be doing a little bit. We'll probably do a few more now and then if the conversation seems fit. This one I thought was a good one to kind of see the facial reaction and the kind of emotion behind the words that were coming from me and Brandon. But that's going to do it. Thank you guys for watching, for listening, for supporting the channel. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.